Hey, coffee people. Joel here. Welcome to the Craft Your Own Coffee podcast. This is season one, episode 14, and I am back here with my friend Joel Norman. Hey, How's Joel. How's it going? How are you? Good to be back with you. We're at Bellwood Coffee at their location north, just out of outside of Atlanta on the northwest side yeah. of Atlanta. So good to be here. Thanks for agreeing well, to come I'm back. always here. I I'm here with I you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. we're here to together. Here. And I'm sipping on something that you guys uh, just made for me that's on your menu. And it's, it is, what, it, what did you say? It's like 37 degrees outside right it now. It is very cold. It's, it's a lot, it's colder than it was this morning, which is saying something. It's super but. cold. And I saw this thing on your menu that I had to try. It's, it's called Holy Smokes. That's right. And perfect for a day like we're having today. Absolutely Tell me about is. what I'm drinking here, because I'm tasting a lot of good flavors. Yeah, so that uh, drink is an espresso beverage. It is made um, with espresso, a sweet potato puree, bourbon, brown sugar, and then topped with milk and a smoking marshmallow. Um, so we, we toast the marshmallow here with a little little blowtorch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we just kind of threw all of our fall favorites into one drink. And uh, out came the holy smoke. It's amazing. It's, yeah, I love we're, the we're sweet, the sweet potato puree. It's like subtle, but you can yeah. definitely tell it's there. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to do something different than the everybody's kind of doing the pumpkin thing. And pumpkin is an amazing fall flavor, and I love pumpkin pie and pumpkin bread. But we decided the sweet potato kind of fits the same warm category uh, and and the th- the same uh, like holiday kind of feast thing. But well, it's really good, and it's very consistent with you got you and Charles and your teams creativity yeah, here we, at Bellwood. Yeah. We do love making fun new drinks. Yeah. And the mad scientists yeah, at Bellwood. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, I'm really enjoying it. If you live in Atlanta, you got to come here and try it. It's it's really incredible. you got something else on your menu, too. That's not a coffee drink, but it's, what is it, Boots with the Fur? Ah, Boots with the Fur, Apple yeah. Bottom Jeans? Apple Bottom Jeans. It's, a, it's called Boots with the Fur, and it is an apple cider beverage. Um, so it's apple cider, oat milk, and then an Earl Grey honey simple syrup, and we steam it all together really nice also a really good one for a cold day and we know there are a lot of people out there who don't drink coffee that love the cafe experience and want to be able to try a crazy cool drink um so we try to do it one every season that doesn't have any coffee in it so that was kind of our take on it this year and honestly if i get off a shift and it's 4 p.m i'm gonna grab me my uh myself a boots with the fur and and head home i love it it, i'm trying that next um so Hey, we're going to be talk, speaking of flavors and uh, incredible flavors. So what, what Bellwood, what Joel and Charles and the folks here at Bellwood Coffee are doing is they're, they're really crafting like signature beverages um, with the really high-end equipment that they have here at the shop and just their creative brains and experience in coffee. Um, and so I'm going to translate the flavors that I'm uh, experiencing in, in Holy Smokes right now into something that um, we'll talk about today, Joel and I will that's a little more approachable for the average home coffee drinker that doesn't have all this fancy equipment that you have. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I wanna talk today about what's the deal with flavored coffee? So we got a question, Joel, uh, into the podcast a couple weeks ago from my friend Rachel, and she had a question about flavored coffee, and she had an idea of maybe a way that she could flavor her, her own coffee with fewer calories. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this because she kind of stumped me a little bit. And then I want to talk about flavored coffee in general. So let's take a second and listen to Rachel's question. Hi, Joel. Greg and I are loving your podcast. We've listened to every episode and they're great. Question. Is there a way to make pumpkin spice coffee without pumpkin spice creamer? I would love to put spices in the grounds to make the coffee flavored so I don't get the calories of the milk or creamer. Is something like that possible? Maybe putting spices in the coffee grounds is not good. I'm not sure if it'll hurt our machine. We have a grind and brew. I was intrigued by the blueberry coffee you described and thought maybe it's possible with pumpkin spice too. 
Thanks for your help, friend. All right. Hey, thanks, Rachel, for taking the time to send in that question. That was a really great idea and thought and question. And to be perfectly honest, you stumped me a little bit. And so that's, again, why I've got the expert here with Joel. Um, so I heard two things, Joel, in, in Rachel's question. If, I'm, if I listened and heard correctly, one question is, can I eliminate some calories instead of pouring uh, sugary pumpkin spice flavored creamer into my brewed coffee can I just add some spices into the coffee grounds and brew it that way brew pumpkin spices into the coffee grounds and will that give me the same flavor profile so that's maybe that's what I heard is part one of her question but I also heard her kind of on a broader sense ask like um, what is flavored coffee how does coffee get flavored and how can you do that at home in a in an easy way so maybe can you help us start with the maybe the first part of her question which was is it a thing to add spices into ground coffee before you brew it? That's a great question. Um, you can. You can kind of do whatever you want. Um, I have actually, I think in my earlier days, I actually probably did stuff like that. I did a lot of weird stuff with coffee. Um, but the more I've learned uh, about coffee, I'd say the more I've kind of learned not to really touch what's going on during the brew process. So starting there... Um, I don't think there's anything wanting anything wrong with wanting to your coffee to taste like pumpkin spice at all. I think that's um, something that a lot of people want, kind of long for in this season. Um, but I will say, coffee brewing is a very precise thing, and you know we use our scales and we use our measurements and um, our water quality testers and everything to kind of get this brew process exactly right. And so what I would say is, if you're actually going to put grinds or uh, spices into the grinds before you brew the coffee or during the brewing process you're probably gonna actually mess a little bit with what's going on during the brewing. And we kinda wanna leave that alone if we're trying to make the best cup of coffee possible, which is you know what this podcast is all about. Um, elevating your coffee experience, your brewing experience at home. Um, what, what would happen is uh, we might actually get into messing with the amount of water that's actually brewing the coffee. Some of those spices might actually absorb some of that water. It may alter the, um, the actual chemistry of the water and, and therefore, um, the brewing process might actually get altered in a way that, that might give you a worse cup of coffee in general. Um, and then you also might not get all the spices that you want in your coffee. Some of those spices actually may be left um, kind of undissolved or, or untouched by um, what you're trying to do. So I would say if you're, if you're gonna do the spice thing, um, great. I would say maybe just wait till after your cup is brewed and um, go ahead and throw some spices in there afterwards. Okay, so that, yeah, and that was, that was my next question. Is that, is that the alternative? Because what I hear you saying is, not a great idea to add spices in with your coffee grounds because it's going to mess up the contact between hot water and coffee, which is like a chemical reaction, right? So it'll actually yeah, take away sure. from the brew. Yeah. But you can add spices into the cup afterwards. Yeah, I'd say for sure. If you if you want your coffee to taste like pumpkin spice, but you don't want the calories, you know, if you take away the creamer, you're going to take away some of the creaminess. If you take away the sugar in the creamer, you're going to take away some of the sweetness, but you can get the flavor that you're looking for. Um, by adding stuff afterwards and, and we do that in the shop you know it's you may look down on people who are you know putting putting things in their coffee but you know we're making all these sig bevs that have sweet potato and bourbon and I'm like we're adding stuff at the end of our coffee brewing process as well um, so yeah I'd say if you want if you want the the pumpkin spice taste without the calories or without the sugar um, yeah grab some cinnamon some allspice ginger cloves nutmeg and, add and it afterwards. Yeah, add that after into your cup and, and see what happens. And you, might, you might get your desired, desired flavor. That's awesome. I will say, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this too, of uh, different coffees from different regions and altitudes and soil content and quality are actually going to taste different. And so 
when you're brewing your cup, if you want to put some stuff in it, you might actually look for a coffee that's innate flavors, which we'll get to here, I assume, in a few minutes, that some of those flavors in that coffee itself actually will, will kind of accent and complement what you're putting into your coffee. Okay. I got, yeah, let's go there right now because cool. I think that's probably a bigger question that Rachel has is as far as, like, what's the deal with flavored coffee? So, in general, I mean, I don't think I've seen any pumpkin spice uh, flavored coffee beans out there in the market. Maybe there are some. Um, I bet they're out there. If so, how how does a bean get labeled like hazelnut flavored coffee bean or pumpkin spice flavored coffee bean? If there is such a thing, how talk us through that process of how a coffee bean gets flavored? Yeah, so we'll kind of separate completely these two ideas here. And one of these ideas, which is what a lot of people are talking about, especially when you when you see hazelnut coffee, um, is actual flavored coffee, which is done in a lab. Um, a lot of companies will actually go into a lab and they will create with all of these chemicals, 80, 80, 90 chemicals, they will achieve a desired flavor. They'll make that flavor into a spray or a, a coating of some kind mm -hmm. and they will actually spray coffee beans with that and then oh, they'll wow. throw them in the bag um, and that's, you'll buy that and it will come with those, with those flavor coatings on it. Um, in the specialty coffee world, we don't mess with that stuff at all. A lot of times what those companies are doing is actually taking coffee that's been roasted a while ago, um, maybe a little bit staler, or maybe it's fresh coffee that they spray right away, but they're, they're doing that in such mass quantities um, that the coffee that you buy that's been coated or sprayed, um, A, you're probably messing a little bit with the chemistry of the coffee and the way that coffee will brew. Um, I would guess that if they're spraying coffee with, with chemicals that taste like something, that, that coffee probably wasn't a great quality coffee to start with. Yeah. Um, a lot of times those coffees are over-roasted and uh, kind of just more on the, the darker, stale, or bitter side. And a lot of times those coffees will then sit on the shelf for a year or two years at a time um, and just kind of waiting for somebody to buy them. And, and those companies aren't really worried about that because they're looking kind of in a different market. So you're blowing, you're blowing my mind a little bit here. All right, let me make sure I understand this right. The... The reality of a flavored coffee bean, we'll just say a bag of hazelnut beans that you might find at a, st a grocery store, it's possible, it's highly po probable that those are sort of like stale or past past optimal use time beans that have been sprayed with the flavoring? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'll say, look at it this way, you wouldn't buy, uh, you wouldn't buy your fruit at TJ Maxx, right? Um, coffee is a, a produce. Um, it is. It has a shelf life, has a short shelf life, actually. Um, we talk about drinking specialty coffee before it's a month old, and you know that's not a rule. Like you can drink your specialty coffee, but it does age similarly to other produce. You know, it's it's a uh, an agricultural thing um, that we find that we farm and. Um, we roast it and then it has, you know, it gets stale as well. So, so it's fair to say that for these big, like large companies that are offering flavored beans, that this is a way to preserve kind of something that would have, they would have thrown away. Is that fair to say? Or am yeah, I taking it too it far? Yeah, it definitely could be. I don't, I definitely think that's a fair thing to say. I, I won't speak for those companies, yeah, sure. but it definitely, um, it could be a way to, you know, add flavor to something that's losing flavor. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. So maybe what's the difference between then a, the, a flavored coffee bean, like you just described kind of the process. And uh, so in a previous episode, a couple of episodes, I've talked about my coffee story and my, my aha moment into coffee was like tasting blueberry coffee. Mm. So tell me, talk about the difference, because I know that the beans at this coffee shop, Hidden House, used were not sprayed with blueberry flavor. Correct. Um, this is a really, really great shop in Southern California. So, but it tasted like blueberry. So tell me about the difference between like the sprayed bean and a bean that sort of naturally tastes like, has certain flavor notes in them. Yeah, for sure. So there's, there's, um, 
huge difference there. So this, one of those things is something that's done in a lab and kind of altered to get a very specific outcome. And the other thing is actually what anyone who loves coffee kind of likes to nerd out about and likes to talk about. And that is the way that coffee is grown um, and the way that coffee is as a plant and as a, um, a product actually is one of the most complex things that we taste. Um, coffee is loaded with hundreds of different flavor compounds depending on where it's grown, depending on the elevation, depending on uh, its varietal. So we talked a little bit, I think the last episode about different coffee varietals and yeah. how apples, you have Pink Lady and you have Gala and Jazz and, and Honeycrisp and Green Apple and all those apples taste different. And coffee's the same way, it has varietals. There's Java, um, you have Kenyan Double A, you've got Pacamara, you've got Katura, Katwai, all these different varietals, thousands of varietals that can all kind of have these different flavor compounds in them um, and then those coffees grown at different altitudes and different soils are also going to taste different. So what you tasted, uh, if you're tasting blueberries, I, I have a good guess at what you might have actually had. It was, what do you think it was? I would guess an Ethiopian it natural. It was. Natural course. Ethiopian. Natural Ethiopian right. coffees. It's naturally processed, which means it's, it's dried out in the sun versus, uh, versus washed where they like wash the husk off of the fruit, off of the seed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, you... You get to know different origins and what those origins taste like. If you taste a, a coffee from Papua New Guinea, it's probably going to have some savory, more vegetal notes. And if you taste a coffee from Colombia, it could be really caramelly or chocolatey and sweet. Uh, Ethiopian, West African coffees are going to have uh, kind of a floral thing going on. Um, maybe some of them taste like hibiscus or, or pomegranate and lemongrass or whatever. And that's like what we really, really care about in the coffee world is like finding these different coffees and really doing our best job to make sure that the work that the farmers did to produce those coffees so well gets translated to the consumer. And yeah. so when we see people <laughs> spraying a coating that tastes like hazelnut sure. on this coffee that could have, you know, could have been done so well um, and done a lot more justice, that, that's hurt, kind of like- Does it hurt your heart a little bit? It, you know, it does. <laughs> I, I think I've become a little bit jaded to, or numb to that actually hurting yeah. my feel. I'm, I'm not offended by it. I think um, people are looking for a certain thing and you know, like they're not, knowledgeable about this the stuff the same way that we are and so I think as our job as Bellwood is not to shame people for doing that yes, but to more okay. educate people and say oh well if you're looking for a hazelnut kind of thing like this coffee actually is going to taste nutty and caramelly and chocolatey and like maybe try that one instead and um you know That's sometimes great. yeah sometimes that will open people's eyes up a little bit and those people don't need to be you know talked down to just because they're drinking hazelnut yeah because the reality is like the most coffee drinkers in the United States are probably not specialty coffee drinkers yet. Not yet, um, yeah. And so most people are looking for that. If, if you hear blueberry coffee, you're like, I want sweet blueberry, right? Yeah. And what, what I experienced with that blueberry coffee that really changed my, opened my eyes was not sweet sugary blueberry, right. but it definitely tasted like blueberry. Mm. It was just subtle. It was yeah. a subtle, not overpowering blueberry. So yeah. there are still people out there that could uh, learn those nuances of the natural flavors of these, of these coffees and still want to add cream and sugar yeah, to sort of bring absolutely. the sweetness up, which I think yeah. is okay. Yeah. It's just, uh, to your point, I love the way that you said it. It's like, let's, you feel your job, and hopefully a lot of specialty coffee shops believe the same, like just raising awareness of what is what you're actually drinking or yeah, what these beans sure. are actually doing. Yeah, and two, I think, you know, like my mom uh, drank Starbucks for a long time and really took maybe a, a month of drinking our coffee before she was kind of sold and she didn't realize she was sold until she went back to Starbucks and um, had a coffee and just wasn't as into that 
flavor anymore. And um, she'll still put her cream and sugar into our coffee. And so what we do is try to find a coffee that actually is going to be um, is going to go better with cream and sugar. So we have what we call the Reservoir, which is kind of our classic, more of our crowd-pleasing blend of coffee, but it's a little bit chocolatier, a little bit smokier, and um, it actually goes really well with cream and sugar. It has the right texture, and we're not going to, if somebody's, if we know somebody's going to be like loading up their coffee with cream, we're not going to send them our most expensive washed Ethiopian coffee that's going to taste like hibiscus and lemon um, because that it just won't be complimented as well. So we'll try to kind of find what somebody wants and what they're looking for in their cup and, and pick a coffee that we roast that will kind of suit those needs. That's great. I love it. And okay, so that we're going to wrap this conversation up. It's been super helpful and I've learned a lot as well, but I just enjoyed the conversation. Um, but what you just said and the way you sort of finished that thought reminded me uh, last week, uh, I challenged the listeners of the podcast to find a coffee cupping um, in their at their local specialty coffee shop. You can find them uh, just by surfing around Instagram. You can look online and see who does does coffee cupping. I know you guys have done yeah. some cupping here yeah. as well at Bellwood. So, would you would you agree in my with, with my challenge? I didn't ask you first. I didn't ask you if this was a That's good okay. challenge. Would you agree that it's a good thing for someone who's a little bit curious about flavors and the difference between like a flavored coffee and flavored notes in coffee to come to a coffee cupping? Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's there's nothing more eye-opening for someone who's newly interested in coffee to come to a cupping and see different origins of coffee kind of across the table and immediately get to taste one next to the other. I think a lot of times if you're just drinking one cup at a time or one cup in a day and you go to another shop and taste another coffee, you may not be able to tell the difference, but as soon as you have them side by side and you have other people along with you to say what they're tasting, it's, it's almost like, uh, it's like having an epiphany. You know, you're, you're, you're drinking one and, and we actually had a cupping in here where four or five different people tasted the exact same note in one of our coffees, um, which, you know, we didn't put that note in there. That was just in the coffee. And for those people, it was like their kind of the, their world was turned upside down because they realized that they actually could taste something in coffee that they That's didn't cool. think they could. So. Okay, so you heard it from Joel, from the other Joel. Uh, <laughs> so it's official that coffee cupping, if you're wanting to get a little more curious and understand more about the flavors that are inherent in some coffee beans, Find a local coffee shop that's doing a cupping and go try it out. Do it. Go date, do it. Date night. Yeah. Friends. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know who's cupping at night, but yeah, find one. <laughs> that's true. Find okay. one. Go on a date night. Date morning. Coffee cupping. Date day. Um, Joel, thanks again. Absolutely. Really thanks enjoyed for the me. conversation. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to plug or promote that Bellwood's got working on, going on as we head into holiday season? Um, we are working on a, a holiday blend of coffees, so I can't I can't say the name of oh, it yet, but be looking on the lookout for that soon. Um, we're excited about it. It's going to be really delicious. We'll go really well with uh, hugs and Christmas presents. So. Oh, all right. I'm intrigued. And that'll will that be communicated through Instagram? Absolutely, it will. Yeah. Which is which is at Bellwood Coffee. Thanks. Love it. Man, I always enjoy it. I'm. Same. I got one more sip left of. It's it's kind of cold smoke, but it's yeah. really good. This holy smokes, you got to come try it. So, hey guys, have an awesome week. Uh, thanks again, Rachel, for your great question that prompted a really awesome conversation. That hopefully, I know it helped me. Hopefully, it helped all of you guys as well. Think about flavors in coffee and how they get there. So, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks all again, right. Joel. Yeah, thank you. Peace.